Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Thank you to each of you for choosing Portland Center for Spiritual Living as your source of spiritual nourishment this Sunday, this week. Welcome, and to all of our podcast listeners in more than 120 countries, we welcome you wherever you are. And so today, we're continuing our exploration of declutter your mind, how to stop worrying, relieve anxiety, and eliminate negative thinking, which is written by S.J. Scott and Barry Davenport. And so a brief review before we move into this Sunday's inspirational message of last week's message, Your Core Values. Reverend Larry offered an antidote to reactional living. What he emphasized was the importance of identifying and living by our core values so that we can focus on the person we want to be and the life that we want to live. So I don't know about anyone else in doing their homework, But it took a little bit of work, and this is my sheet. He said five in personal and five in professional. And I think in the book it said one word each. Well, I broke the rules and defined it my way. But if you have not done it, I encourage you to do so because it provides a great foundation for moving into our Golden Bowl ceremony, which we'll be doing in just a couple of weeks. So in today's message, Purposeful Relationships, we're focusing on how we can declutter the relationships that are draining our energy, creating chaos in our mind, and causing disturbance which doesn't allow us to be the very best that we can be. So what we're really doing is freeing up space so that we can experience high-quality relationship. But before we get into our message, let's lay some groundwork so that we have a shared understanding. We might ask, so how do you define a high-quality relationship compared to ho-hum or a not-so-wonderful relationship? Well, I think we kind of know by how we feel when we're with individuals when we're feeling really uplifted and inspired, or those where we feel drained. However, the authors give us a great mini checklist that we can review regarding high-quality relationships. And here's the list. The relationship is a priority for each of the persons in the relationship. There's open, honest communication, healthy conflict resolution, mutual trust and respect, shared interests, some level of emotional and or intellectual intimacy, acceptance and forgiveness, and for personal relationships, physical touch. Well, in addition to defining what a high-quality relationship is, so what is it, they give us a big why. And they move to research done by the Harvard Medical School that the bottom line is this. Close relationships and social connections keep us happy and healthy. So creating, maintaining, and sustaining good relationships is necessary for our well-being and our peace of mind. And we all know that cluttered, crowded, un, you know, chaotic mind, we cannot think clearly. So when it comes to building high-quality relationships, there is a caveat, though. 
And that caveat is we must be willing to let go of if you would just get your act together, everything would be just fine. The authors highly encourage us to remember that when we want to build a high-quality relationship, it begins and starts with us from the inside out. So let us remember we're going to let go of if you would get your act together, everything would be just fine, and we're going within and we're starting from the inside out. So let's start with relationship strategy building number one. And that is the author share with us to be more present by stopping the comparison to others. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but I've had a huge case of comparing myself to others. And I always found that there's some, there was someone who was smarter, who got a better grade, who was thinner, who was more athletic, who had more stuff and things, who it was always more, more, more the other person had. And what did it leave in my mind? A sense of lack, that there was not enough and that I wasn't good enough. Well, our authors are very clear in sharing that it's important that we stop this comparison to others. And if we look at Ernest Holmes, the founder of Religious Science, he states, the truth proclaims the divine presence in everything, through everything, and around everything. If God is allness, then there is no otherness. We must know the truth about ourselves before we can know the truth about others. So we must know the truth that we are of spirit. There is no difference. It is in, through, and as us. It resides as the divine presence, that divine spark within us. And when we know that truth about ourselves, we are able to see that light, that divine spark in others. Now, our authors give us a very specific practice for how we can spend more time recognizing that truth, and that is radical self-acceptance. Radical self-acceptance. Now, I can already hear some resistance saying, oh, here we go again. We're going to be affirming, I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself. I love and approve of myself a thousand times. And some of us remember Reverend Lynn gave us uh, business cards that had, I love and approve of myself. I have one on my mirror in the bathroom. But the authors give us something a little bit more to work with. I highly encourage you to be affirming. I love and approve of myself, but here's another thing that we can do. And the authors encourage us to focus on our strengths and then to do what we can at the time that we're doing it, in the now moment. So focusing on our strengths, what are we doing? We're shifting our attention on those things that we do well Rather than focusing on weaknesses and trying to boost ourselves up, in the meantime, letting our strengths sort of lay dormant. Well, here's how I know this work. Many of you know that I was an instructor for um, economic self-sufficiency, helping individuals move towards economic self-sufficiency. And one of the things I found was that when I focused on strengths, it served as a catalyst for what I called the self-perpetuating cycle of motivation. It was like I just needed to focus on strengths and the rest took care of itself. And here's why. As I focus on strengths, it like ignited a desire to engage in the process of learning. 
the participants wanted to be involved. And as they wanted to be more involved in the process of learning, there was greater energy expended. So there was more participation. I wasn't faced with a classroom of bored, apathetic, arms crossed, resistant participants. They were leaning in, they were engaged, they were getting to know each other. As they were more engaged in the learning process, there was greater enthusiasm. Well, we know that enthusiasm is contagious. And so then there was even greater energy. And what did that lead to? Increased discipline to overcome obstacles. So if the childcare fell through, they figured out a way to solve it. If, they're, if, if they missed the bus, they caught the next bus and came late rather than say, oh, I'm a failure, I can't do it. No, it never works, never ever works. They figured out a solution. And the result was heightened self-efficacy. They saw in themselves that divine presence of the capacity to achieve a goal. They started experiencing more of the divine presence, more of the truth of who they are. And so when we focus on our strengths, it's exactly the same thing. We start increasing our own self-efficacy of being able to express more and more of our divine presence. Now, what do we know about our heart center when we have self-acceptance and self-love? It expands and it opens up and it becomes a mighty, mighty magnet for good and more good. So if we want more good in our life, if we want high quality relationships, when we begin by focusing on our strengths, we open our heart center and we start attracting high quality relationships. We increase our self-efficacy, a belief in ourselves that we have the capacity to move towards that vision of a greater good. So I know it to be the truth. So that's what we can do is expand our um, self-acceptance simply by focusing on our strengths. Abraham Hicks, some of us are familiar with the lectures of Abraham Hicks, says the better it gets, the better it gets. Well, it is an upward spiral. So when we're focusing on our strengths, we're building our self-efficacy, the better it gets, the better it gets, the higher quality relationships we are experiencing. So let's move to strategy number two, and that is our authors share with us, let go of the past. They say that dragging the past around by ruminating on unpleasant, hurtful conversations, dwelling on broken relationships or lost loves, and or reflecting longing with sadness about relationships that have drifted away is a heavy burden that drains our energy and our inner peace. It takes our attention, aware, our, our attention and awareness away from the now. Now, what we know in science of mind is that the now moment is where our authentic power exists. It is that place where we can make a conscious choice to be in a higher quality relationship. It's where the divine creative process is in action. So how do we focus more on being in the now? Well, to help us get past the past, letting go of the past, our authors share a practice. It's forgiveness. And yes, there's that F word again, forgiveness. 
Now, Edwin Gaines, a unity minister and renowned prosperity author and workshop facilitator, says this about for forgiveness. Think of forgiveness as emotional house cleaning. It makes room for the good we desire. So one of the most inspiring examples I've ever seen or have read about is Nelson Mandela. And many of us are realize that he spent years advocating for the indigenous people of South Africa, and he was tried for treason against a government that held apartheid as a practice. He was convicted and spent 26 years in prison, often forced into hard labor and solitary confinement. Yet, upon his release, he declared his commitment to peace and reconciliation with the white minority. And in 1994, he was elected the first black president of South Africa. Now, one of my favorite movies, maybe a great movie for spiritual cinema, is Invictus, directed by Clint Eastwood. How many of us have seen Invictus? Okay, it's one of my all-time favorite. And in that movie, it stars Morgan Freeman as Nelson Mandela. And one of the things I love about this movie is it portrays the power of rising above resentment and petty retaliation and embracing forgiveness and reconciliation in order to achieve a vision which was to build a nation and to strengthen a democracy. Now, there were a couple of scenes that I really loved because he would say, forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. That is why it is such a powerful weapon. And later he said, this is no time for petty revenge. This is the time to build our nation. So we too can let go of petty grudges and resentment and we can unburden our life when we, pre when we practice forgiveness. This is a preview of coming attractions. Our winter 2019 Connection Circle series has three workshops focused on the practice of forgiveness. And so there's many different options for us to begin to strengthen our ability to forgive. So in this, in this um, situation, I say let us be willing to let go of, of grudges and resentment and to do that emotional housekeeping, which leads to strategy number three. We've practiced on stopping the comparison. We've let go of the past. Strategy number three says it may require us to let go of certain people, specific people. So our authors say decluttering our relationships sometimes means letting go of certain people. And they encourage us to make proactive approach to eliminating relationships which are holding us back, blinding us of our true self, or worse yet, toxic and or abusive. And they acknowledge it's not an easy decision. And they also encourage us to remember that it's a process that occurs over time. And they do provide a list of universal themes of discord. They call it themes of discord that reveal it's time to say goodbye. I'm not going over the list, but the one that I was very interested in is the one that said divergent values. 
when there is a relationship where there are divergent values. And why did I pick it? Because it totally reinforces last Sunday's message, that our core values really do guide us in the choices that we make and lead us down a specific path. If we are in relationship and surrounded with individuals who have divergent core values, it is a major tug of war and there is no peace of mind. So I'm going to give you an example. When I was married, I was married for 21 years and a portion of that period of time I was married to an elected official. He was the mayor of our community. Well, he was elected. His election, I became first lady. I didn't run for that office, but he was elected. I'm his spouse. I was first lady. Well, all I can say is that commitment, we were in it together. It was all about building and serving the community. What I can say is my plate became very, very full. I served as an officer of several organizations. I was busy advocating statewide for policy development and changes. And I was on other numerous committees. Well, we had an unsuccessful re-election campaign. And at the very first council meeting where the new mayor was installed, the mayor, all of those obligations were gone. However, my plate, as the former first lady, it took six years to clean my plate of all those commitments. I had been elected officer of organizations. I was appointed as a committee chairperson to several different committees. It took six years. In the meantime, I'm busy building a new vision for my life, one that was a consulting practice. So you can imagine that there came a time and point where those divergent values created a huge internal tug of war. And one day I had to look and say, you know what? It was valuable. It served a great purpose. It is time for me to let go of some of those relationships in order to create space for new relationships that supported my new vision. It didn't make either of us wrong. It served a mighty purpose at the time that those relationships existed. But the purpose for those relationships no longer existed. It was time for me to let go. It was painful. Some of those relationships, we had worked together for six years. Lots of energy, lots of time spent together, and yet divergent values cause great internal dissonance. So I encourage each of us to take a look at where and who we are spending our time and do those relationships really support our current core values? I guess that would mean that we really need to do last week's homework. <laughs> so if we haven't done last week's homework, I highly encourage you to do that. So anyway, today's message has been filled with a lot of content, so I want to do a brief review. First, let us understand that high-quality relationships really do serve a purpose. They contribute to our happiness and to our health, and that they are critical for our well-being and our peace of mind. And we did explore three specific strategies for creating, maintaining, and nurturing high-quality relationships. So one... Be present by stopping the comparisons of self to others and begin practicing on focusing our attention on our strengths. Two, let go of the past, practice the art of forgiveness. And three, 
it may require letting go of certain people and choosing relationships that support our current core values. And so I can see many of us already relaxing and saying, whew, no at-home assignment this week. And that would not be the truth. Because there is one. What I'm asking each of us to do is to be aware of the relationships in our life and to look at those that are supporting our current core values. Be aware. What relationships are supporting our current core values? The second thing I'm asking you to do is to take specific time and express specific appreciation to that person. Specific appreciation. Let them know that their presence in your life supports your core values, who you want to be and the life you want to live. And the third thing I'm asking you to do is to observe how appreciation lights up the world. So be the light, express appreciation, and allow that to light up the world. So let us pray. In this now moment, we bring our full attention and our full awareness to this now moment. Recognizing one power, one presence, one infinite intelligence, the one mind. Its essence is love and light, and it goes by many names, and I choose to call it God. It is that love that is the eternal givingness of itself to itself in the form of its creation. It is a pattern of perfection that resides at the very core of each and every individual. And I know that I am of this pattern of perfection, that the divine presence resides at the very core of my being. And at that core is perfection. And I know this to be the truth of each person here. Each person, an individualized expression of the one. Each person, the divine presence residing at the very core. That core of perfection. So I claim and affirm and I speak my word for and about each person here today. That in this now moment, the choice is made to focus on the perfection that is the truth of each person. And that in that knowingness, in that understanding, in that willingness to accept the perfection, in that way, that gift of perfection can be given in relationships, high-quality relationships. That there is a choice that says, I am enough. I am worthy. And I choose to create, sustain, and nurture high-quality relationships that support core values. I claim and affirm that the divine inspiration that is readily available guides and protects each person as they make choices as to letting go of the past through forgiveness, possibly letting go of relationships which no longer serve core values, honoring strengths and focusing attention, 
Love guides, harmonizes, heals. And this is the truth of spirit. Spirit is love. Spirit is readily available and expressing right here, right now. And nurtures and supports high-quality relationships. And I am so grateful for this truth that God is all there is. Nothing outside of the one. It is the truth of each person here today. And that love is fully present, fully available, and fully expressing right here, right now. And so I release my word into the activity and action of the law. That eternal servant of spirit that always, always, always responds with yes, my beloved. And so knowing these words are placed into the law of action, knowing, readily responding to, knowing it is done, together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for choosing to be here today. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.